Welcome to the Home Birth Experience. I am Julia Meyer, your host and founder midwife of Cleveland Home Birth. I am really excited to have everyone here today. I have a great um, amount of guest speakers here. I don't think I've ever had four people in the room talking on the podcast before, so that's so much fun. Um, we are going to talk to Kylie today about her birth experience. And we also are joined with her doula, Danielle, and uh, midwife student, Sydney. So, hi everyone, how are you? Hi. Hi. <laughs> I was thinking we actually have five people because Rowan's here sleeping. <laughs> oh my gosh, correction. Yes, she's a person. But she's not talking, so you'd mention talking on the podcast. Well, but, but that is five people. And I don't like when I forget to include the baby as a person because they are a person. So, so I'm she's glad you here just me. so you know. <laughs> yeah, so we have five people here, which is even more exciting. So I want to just jump right in. Um, a little background, let everybody know right now we are doing Kylie's six week postpartum visit. Kind of did the clinical things and. We decided after we did that that we would talk about her experience on the podcast and so here we are we're gonna go through kind of from the beginning I wanted to ask you Kylie what um, drew you to home birth because you had a home birth with your first daughter and not everyone is is into it or knows about it or is brave enough for their first baby so how did you get to that point uh, actually, I had never even thought of it as an option growing up. I mean, I am the oldest of five in my family, and I'm the oldest of all my cousins. I didn't know anyone who had a baby at home. It wasn't that baby's uh, or birth and everything was dramatic. It was just very, this is what you do. We didn't talk about it very much. But then uh, later on, I had met a few people that had some home births, and they only had good things to say about it. And so when I was starting to think about having a baby someday. I really wasn't ready yet, but I thought if I even want to entertain the idea, what would I do? And just the thought of this hospital sterile environment where usually on the media you see people screaming and they're all sweaty, they're laying on their back. It just was not what I wanted to do at all. Mm -hmm. But I also was still really scared of the pain. And so I thought, you know what I'm going to do? I'm going to watch a home birth video and it's going to scare me so bad. I'm going to not want to have a baby. And I watched this video on YouTube of a home birth and I was crying. I'm like, this is so beautiful and peaceful. And the husband was right there with her. And it was just this very calm environment. And I thought, if that's how having a baby is, I think I could do it. Mm-hmm. And my husband was surprisingly really supportive of it. And we discovered through this that we're really on the same page about a lot of things we wouldn't have talked about otherwise. Interesting. So we both discovered we're really naturally minded and low intervention and just it's designed this way. Let's do it. So that actually ended up being a big deciding factor. And so then when we got pregnant with our first daughter, I had met a midwife through one of my friends. Um the one that she used and so we hit it off and I had my little team at that point that's awesome thanks for sharing that and the piece about you and your husband discovering things about each other is really interesting too and I want to come back to that first I want to ask you Danielle to introduce yourself to the audience and how did you become a doula and what drew you to being a birth worker (laughs) oh boy that's I feel like that's a long story. (laughs) Try and make it it quick, though. Um, So my name is Danielle Breach, and um, jokingly, not like a breech baby. It's B R E A C H. Um, But um, I am co-founder of Mother Rising Women's Studio here in Chardon, and have been a doula for about thirteen years now. And, uh, and yeah, I, I, I mean, my, my reasoning for becoming a doula, I, my main reason was because I had my daughter when I was pretty young and I wanted to have an unmedicated birth and I felt like everybody was kind of looking at me like I had three heads mm-hmm. and, uh, the woman who taught my childbirth class was also a doula and she was very supportive and encouraging and treated me like all the other moms in there and was like, Oh, you can do this. And and, uh, and that stuck with me after I had my daughter. And uh, I worked in the hospital for 12 years. And at that point, um, 
I was in nursing school and found that it really wasn't what I thought it was going to be like working in the hospital. <laughs> and I didn't get to do nearly as much, um, you know, patient care as I thought I would be doing. It was a lot of, you know, more secretarial stuff involved and just like a little bit of everything that took away from the patient care side that was what mm -hmm. I really wanted to be doing. And, um, and then one day... My, a training came across my email for doula training. And I remembered my childbirth educator, who I loved so much. And um, and I was like, I'm going to do this. And I had already kind of been starting to doula for friends. So, um, yeah, I got I got into that. And, and it's everything that I hoped it would be. Because I love being mm. able to have relationships with my clients, like, through pregnancy and then, you know, through the birth, and then you have that closure, like today where you're, you know, meeting six weeks postpartum, and I just, I love having that beginning, middle, and end with my relationships rather than the whole, you know, shift where you meet a patient, and, and you know, you may, may or may not see them the next day, so um, you may or may not see them through their birth, you right. know, your shift could end, and you have to leave, and so, yeah, that's, that's where where I started, and yeah, been doing it ever since. Absolutely love it. That's <laughs> awesome. So, Mother Rising is the name of your business. Yes. And how can people find you if they want to reach out for your services? Uh, well, you can Google Mother Rising Women's Studio in Chardon, or um, we do have a Facebook page and Instagram. Um, and All those social medias. <laughs> right. So those handles are Mother Rising? Yes. Mother hyphen rising. Perfect. Awesome. I'm sure there are lots of people out there that are looking for doulas with your experience level and your kindness. I always think it's interesting in this particular area because um, a lot of people don't even know that we exist out here. They don't even know that there's home birth midwives out here. Mm -hmm. They'll say, oh, I really thought about having a home birth, but... Uh, there aren't any home birth midwives out here. And I'm like, mm. but there are, but there are like, we have a great home birth community here. So, um, you just have to know how to find them. Uh -huh. And we love to be a resource for that too. Like I have tons of people that reach out to us that are never clients of mine that I just love to get information to so that they have access to it in this area. So that's awesome. Yeah. All right, Sydney, your turn. Tell us about yourself and how you decided you were going to contact me and shadow me for the summer. Hi, I'm Sydney. Um, I am an undergrad college student in Claremont, California, and my um, sweet mate freshman year's mom is a doula, and I just went into college not really knowing what I wanted to do, but talking to my sweet mate's mom and just hearing about her job was so inspiring to me, and I just really felt like birth work is what I wanted to do. And then there was a really, really cool um, class on the history of midwifery being taught my first semester of my sophomore year of college. And the professor of that was just outstanding, so amazing. And just learning about the history of midwives was really, really, um, I just felt really drawn to that. And I felt like that's what I wanted to do. And so I started doing some research about um, what kind of opportunities there was for students um, in Cleveland in the home birth community. And I reached out to Julia and she was so, so kind and so willing to let me um, come hang out with her and see everything from prenatals to postpartums. And I have learned so much this summer and I'm so thankful for Julia and for moms like Kylie letting me be a part of their birth experience. Absolutely. Isn't it just so touching when a mom asks you to be part of her birth? Yes, I was. It was so cool when um, I think it was Kylie's mother-in-law asked at a prenatal if I was going to be there. And I was like, if that's OK with Kylie. And Kylie was, <laughs> I was like, oh, man, yeah. <laughs> we yeah said, you were actually excited about we said, how being many? the first person that she witnessed a birth right we asked yeah. you how many births you had attended like, this is my first one. <laughs> so yeah. that was cool yeah yeah which we'll get to that in a minute about <laughs> actually seeing a birth um all right so I want to kind of track back to you found your first midwife 
And you were not living in Chardon at the time. Where were you living? We were in southern Ohio, just mm-hmm. the very bottom of the state on the Ohio River. And so we were bordering West Virginia. That's actually where my midwife was from. Right. And uh, I met her through a friend down awesome. there, too. So, so I want to talk about a few details from your first birth, but I really want to focus in on Rowan's birth. Um, it was interesting when you contacted me that I had done one of my NRP neonatal resuscitation recertifications at the house of the midwife you had. Yes, that was pretty serendipitous, actually. That was cool. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. So one question I have is, how did labor start for you with your first baby? Okay, so with the first one, it was really like, a couple days where I felt crampy instead of just the normal Braxton Hicks or whatever. And so that was different. And then, um, I was paying attention, but nothing would progress. That was just brief though, just a couple days. And so in the morning I noticed I lost my mucus plug. It was a Wednesday and still nothing really going on, but that was a sign. And through the day I had some contractions, but by nighttime they were getting regular. And they still, I just remember my midwife, Sue, said, they'll grab you. So I was waiting for them to grab me. I was really trying not to pay attention. Had dinner, just hung out with my husband, Caleb. We didn't really have anything going on. So we just stayed home and tried to take a walk and rest. And then by the time it was time to go to bed, they had been maybe 10 minutes apart. But it got to where I wasn't comfortable enough to lay down. So I tried to take a bath and... It eased the discomfort, and I just thought I better try to sleep because if this is going to happen, I need the rest. And I was texting my two friends who I was having there as my doulas, and they were both just, you know, excited but calm and telling me to rest. And I tried to lay back down in bed, and I I couldn't lay down. I actually needed to get on my knees and be, like, in the child's pose on my bed with my head in my pillow, just dealing with each contraction as it happened. And that's how I knew it was definitely different. So... Um, I waited for a while until that continued, and then I texted both of the girls to come over, and I woke up Caleb, and by then it was 1.30 or so in the morning, and so um, that was how that began. And from the time that your labor began, how long was it before you delivered her? Um, Eliza was born at 9 in the morning, so... I usually say it was nine hours because at midnight is when I got up and take a, to take a bath. And then by 9 a.m. she was born, which was pretty good, I thought, for a first birth. I think that's pretty amazing mm-hmm. for a first birth. Yeah, it's pretty short. Okay, so when you got pregnant with Rowan, you were still in Southern Ohio, and you started seeing Sue again, Mm -hmm. and then you decided to move up here back towards your family, and you found me, and we started prenatal care, how far along were you? It was after 20 weeks, maybe 25 weeks. Okay, okay. And... I loved that you didn't want to use any um, interventions at all, even diagnostically. You know, I used the fetoscope and not the Doppler. The only time we used the Doppler was when your family was around and you wanted them to be able to hear the heartbeat. And I really think that that says a lot about how much you trust your body and you trust birth in the process. And that definitely became evident in the birth of Rowan. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> that's really that true. That you had no fears, no hesitations about birth itself and your ability to birth. But you did talk about having some fears. So during prenatal care, we do a lot of preparation for labor and birth and talk about different scenarios and you know who the birth team is and what's going to happen and we discussed that Danielle you're how many minutes away from here like five to ten probably five minutes if they didn't close the one road right that's true yeah Yeah, she's close she's just the next town from us which was awesome and I'm a solid hour right so knowing that you birthed really efficiently the first time and you weren't afraid of birth the second time 
I was really, really happy that you were close. (laughs) (laughs) Me too. For your sake, because I don't like that, you know, the thought of my moms being alone. I know that they can do it alone. I'm only there to, to do something if it is needed, right? Right. But just the comfort of having someone there, I really wanted that for you. So I was really grateful that Danielle lives so close. And, um, okay, so from there, I guess, do you just want to go ahead and tell your birth story of Rowan? Yeah. Yeah. Um, so, well, I guess, like you had mentioned, just addressing fears. Yeah, so leading up to it, I guess we'll kind of go there. So leading okay. up to it, um, yeah, let's talk about how you prepared and what fears we worked through. And, Danielle, I also want to hear from you, like, how do you individually prepare your clients, you know, from a doula perspective? Like, what are mm-hmm. the things that you discuss? Um, we were all kind of talking about position of the baby. Mm-hmm. That was one big thing for all of us. And, Danielle, you'd mentioned that you were talking to Kylie about that. Can you share more about that? Cause I didn't really, I wasn't there for those appointments. Um, trying to remember back to some of the detail of those conversations. I just remember, I feel like you, you were a bit concerned about whether or not your first might, may have been posterior mm-hmm. and whether or not this baby was right. where you were feeling her on certain sides. Right. And we kind of talked about some exercises, some things that you could do to encourage her into a better position Mm -hmm. or a good position for birth. But we also talked about the fact that, like, you have to trust that your baby's going to know what position she needs Mm -hmm. to be born in. And that, you know, there's lots of different pelvis shapes. So where one baby may need to come down in one position, another baby may need to come down in in a different position. And... And uh, we have to trust that, you know, the majority of the time they know how they need to be born. Right. So I know for me, I like to bring up like spinning babies and, and whatnot and, you know, different techniques that can be helpful. But I also feel like, you know, and I think you and I had talked, Julia, about um, trusting our bodies and knowing that, you know, sometimes, you know, we don't want to get stuck in our heads thinking like we have to do all the stuff to, mm-hmm. to have, uh, to get baby, to do whatever it is that we think that they need to do. Mm-hmm. They will. And one thing I appreciated once, uh, you and I had the opportunity to talk is that you agree with the more important part is building the confidence in the client. Mm -hmm. It's not necessarily giving them tools of mile circuits, spinning babies, um, all those different things as much as that it is really empowering them to be confident in themselves Mm -hmm. and to trust their intuition. Intuition is so important. It's and and I feel like it's one thing that we always throw to the wayside. You know, Mm -hmm. we, we, we want to think that something else knows better, but like, and that baby's inside of you, like you have so much intuition. And I definitely felt that. Yeah. I just, with her birth, that's just a word I used to describe it, that it was intuitive was Mm -hmm. there was a lot of listening to my body and, um, working with her even because she was doing what she needed to do. And that was very cool. Um, and I think it helped it to go smoothly, but I, that was a little bit of a fear that she was in a weird position and that I needed to do something to get her in a better one. But you had said, they come out all different ways and not to get too worried about it. I think she did turn eventually, but it was, I mean, it was a couple of weeks of prodromal labor where I just felt like it was starting and then nothing would continue. And I don't ever like to call it false labor because it's, it's not, not false. It's, it's actually it's doing, doing a job. Yeah. It's getting your body ready. So I didn't view it negatively. I was trying to really be like, okay, my body is getting ready. It's preparing. But that took longer than I thought because with Eliza, as soon as I started having those feelings, it was only a couple of days after mm-hmm. that she was born. So this one, that was going on starting at 38 weeks. I was having some contractions most evenings and they were consistent, but they weren't painful. So I would try to not pay attention to them. And that went on for two weeks. And sometimes it was even multiple times a day. And so I really thought, okay, is it happening the day before she was born, I actually called my sister and said, I think you should come out because I wanted her to be here too mm-hmm. um, and take pictures and everything. And so I told her to come over because at least she could be here 
before things get crazy. So she came over for a whole day and then nothing progressed. It went away. The contraction stopped. So she went home. <laughs> and you went past the point that you had delivered Eliza. Yeah. So that I'm sure was surprising for you. Yeah, it too. was. Because they say, I don't know if it's a thing. They'll be saying that the first baby is usually takes the longest. And then I just figured, well, if she was born at 39 weeks, this one's going to be probably born sooner. Mm-hmm. And I had an appointment, an appointment with you where you said, you don't think I'm going to go to the due date. And we both were joking that it was just because we wanted it to come soon. And yeah. it was not, <laughs> we not necessarily so because it, I mean, my body was showing some signs, but we just were excited. Mm-hmm. So I just really was thinking it's going to be any day, but mm-hmm. that went on for a couple of weeks. Mm-hmm. So that was, I think, part of the birth story that this was happening. A lot of leading up to it. I was doing a lot of prepping, just nesting, mm-hmm. which my mom was teasing me that she's like, what are you doing? You're just fluttering around. Like you're getting everything ready. And I was cleaning stuff and organizing and, uh, you know, baking cookies and putting them in the freezer and all this stuff. And I had all these birth affirmations that I hung up in the window where I was planning on having the birth pool and just good messages to myself and making this art. And I was really preparing. I did a lot of preparing mentally Mm -hmm. because I wanted everything to be ready, everything in place. And I also um, kind of was nervous for it to be quick because I knew how fast Eliza was born. Nine hours really isn't that long for Mm-mm. a first baby. So I just thought, okay, everything's ready. I'm ready. But um, it still just kept not happening every day. <laughs> yeah. So let's back up to that preparing and you having that fear of the baby being in a position that was not optimal for birth. Did you work on that mentally only, or did you also do physical exercises or stretches to encourage baby in an optimal position? I think I did do the spinning babies, um, forward leaning inversion a few times. I didn't do it every day, but I just did it when I could. And I think I mean, eventually I I took a lot of walks too. And eventually the baby did turn because at one of our appointments, you could hear the heartbeat in a different place. And so Mm -hmm. I thought, okay, good to go. And, um, I think mentally I worked on it too, that it's going to be okay. They come out. I wasn't really worried. I knew of people that had posterior babies. I just thought it might be harder, Mm -hmm. but I actually looking back, think Eliza might've been the posterior one because I had such bad back labor with her and with Rowan, I had no back labor. Mm -hmm. So, and she wasn't posterior in the end, but I am, you know, Eliza was born in the birth pool so quickly. Like she just kind of spun out. I don't really know which direction her head was facing, Mm -hmm. but I got through it. So looking back, I think whatever happens is fine. And I think I kind of let go of that. Mm -hmm. What were any of your other fears leading up to birth? The two biggest were I really wanted to be in the water. I had a birth pool with Eliza, and that was so soothing to me. And I just thought, I don't know how I could give birth if I wasn't in a pool, because to me, that was my epidural in my mind. That soothed the pain enough that I could deal with it naturally, and I never felt like I needed medicine. And I also, because my back was hurting, one of my friends was doing counterpressure on my back, like every contraction. I needed that to me. I just the thought of being alone to labor and not having a person physically helping me was very scary. Mm. And I thought, I don't want to be by myself. I I want my team of people. I was so excited that I had found you and Danielle. Um, Both of our moms were willing to come and help. And my sister was going to be there who was going to take some pictures. And we're just, we're really close. And I was happy to have all these people sharing this labor experience with me. Mm-hmm. And so I think I prepared so much in my mind for that. But something that really resonated with me that Sarah mentioned in our birth class was that to visualize your birth, but visualize how you want the birth to feel and not just how you want it to look. Because if you're thinking I'm going to be in the pool and my husband's going to be rubbing my back. And if it doesn't go that way, you might think it didn't go to plan, but to just focus more on I want to feel supported. I want to feel safe. Um, I want to feel relaxed. Just that kind of thing. Mm -hmm. You'll let go of being worried that you're not going to get to be in the pool at the right time or I don't know, just little details that seem really important to help you to cope. So that was a big thing. That's a really great point that you bring up. I like that. It is a lot about 
the feeling that you're looking for more so than the actual space, the physical space. So you were afraid of your birth team not being there. And I remember you mentioning, we're going to have a birth party. This is going to be so much fun. There's going to be all these people. We're going to have a birth party. And I thought, yeah, it's going to be great. It's probably going to go a little bit quicker than your first, but I think we'll still have plenty of time to hang out. This is going to be such a great birth for Sydney to see, you know, as a student who's never seen a uh, birth before, and and I'll get to know Danielle more. Like, I just thought, this is going to be wonderful. It's going to be so much fun. And, you know, I kind of want to, like, to the audience stress, you were afraid of people not being here, and you were afraid of not being in the water. So tell us the story. What happened? All right. So uh, the next morning after that day that I had told my sister uh, to come over and she went home in the end because nothing happened, she said she's still available. She just had to work the next day. So she'll come when she needs to come. And uh, you you guys both were on standby because I had been texting you the days leading up. Like, I think it's getting closer, whatever. In the morning, it was Tuesday morning, I... Lost some mucus and blood, and so that was something. That's a physical sign that tells you, okay, things are changing. And you guys both were so calm. Danielle said, that's a sign of a cervical change. <laughs> like, <laughs> neutral, you know? <laughs> Let's not get our hopes up. And Julia, you said the same kind of thing. Just like, okay, good to know. Keep me posted. And you told me, too, you said, I really want you to do the mile circuit, which I guess if anyone doesn't know what that is, it's an exercise, basically, where you're in the child's pose for 30 minutes and then side lying with pillows between your legs on your left side for 30 minutes and then an exercise where your hips are open and you're moving them for 30 minutes either circles on the birth ball or walking up the steps sideways two steps at a time and so I did that in the morning and I did up to the middle part where you're laying on your side and in the notes of this thing you sent me about it it said if you fall asleep during this part it's okay Mm -hmm. and I actually took a little nap because I had kind of a bad night of sleep and our oldest daughter had a late night. And so I just thought I'm going to rest. She's still sleeping. So I just laid in bed and I was laying on my side for quite a while. And I remember waking up, it was about 10 AM and I was having contractions and I started to time them and they were every 10 minutes, but they weren't painful. They were just, I really noticed them and they were strong. And so I told you that And at that same time, my mom had called to see if they could, her and my little sister could come over and spend the day and just help me around the house or whatever. And so they came over and I told my mom, I think things are starting. I think it's really starting today. So she was ready to stay. And I decided my little sister could be there too. And we're just like, like you said, we're going to have a birth party. Everyone's going to get to know each other. What a great experience for my young sisters to get Mm -hmm. to see a birth and how, you know, influential that could be in their lives. And I'm just daydreaming about that. And so they were there with me. I, uh, was, I was feeling fine, especially mentally. I was very clear. I didn't feel like I was getting to a place where I had to focus. I just was noticing contractions. That's all. And that was about 1230 or one that my mom came over and she just hung out with me and we got some things put away at my house and did laundry, just little things. And she decided her and my sister would take Eliza to the park and just get some energy out. And I was going to stay home at that point. I felt like I do actually need to be home. I didn't want to leave. And I wanted to be able to get on my knees and lean on a birth ball when I had a contraction instead of just maybe be walking somewhere. So they left, I stayed here, and then I took a shower, and then they started getting closer. They were definitely seven minutes apart for a while. They actually had been seven minutes apart even when they were here. And so I took a shower, but they were more intense, where after I got out of the shower, I couldn't, like, get my clothes on right away. I just had to wait. Mm. And then, you know, contraction's over, now I can proceed. And actually, backing up a little bit, before I took a shower, I was vacuuming the floor, And I would turn the vacuum off, lean on the birth ball, do a contraction, and then continue vacuuming because I felt totally (laughs) fine. But the contractions were big, and so I dealt with them. And I was, you know, texting with you guys. I was texting my sister and my cousin. And I'm like, yeah, it's happening. Sending a funny selfie like, hey, I'm having a contraction right now. (laughs) And just joking around like, yeah, it's going to be sometime, but it's not soon. And so 
then by the time I had taken a shower and everything, you guys were informed that things were progressing. I told Caleb to come home when he had a stopping point at work that he, was convenient for him, but you not like rush home. Yeah, you were convinced that there was still a lot of time to go. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> and I, you know, I like to trust my clients. I don't like to tell mm-hmm. them what to do. Right. I don't like to question them. Mm-hmm. And so when you're telling me that, I'm like, okay, you know, I have people right. at the office for prenatals that day. I'm like, okay, I'm, I'm going to see the next one. Right. I'm going to see, and we were checking in back and forth, like, you think I'm still good to do the next pre yeah. <laughs> Well, and I think something, too, is that I was drill, really just using Eliza's birth as the basis. Right. Where was I at this point with her? Like, how close was I? And I was at that, you know, maybe if I'm lining it up, you really can't do that. I'm, I've discovered all births right. are different. But I was thinking with her, I got to a point mentally where I had to close my eyes. All I wanted was my playlist. I just tuned everything out. I had my eyes closed when the midwife came in, just very zoned. And, and inside myself. And with this one, I was just having a conversation with my mom and my sister was here and it was just very laid back. And so they got back from the park. I was still very mentally fine. I didn't feel like I needed anybody here. I didn't also feel like I needed anyone physically helping me and pushing on my back or anything. So I thought, well, it must still be a while because with Eliza's birth, that was going on for so long. The counter pressure on the contractions, that was just a long, that was the bulk of the labor. So I just thought, I'm not there yet. But I did notice that when my mom and I were talking, if she would ask me a question or something, I just felt like I don't want to talk right now. Eventually it did get to a point where I I didn't want to have a conversation anymore. I kind of was focused. Mm -hmm. And she asked if I wanted my music on because she knew I had made a birth playlist. And I was like, no, I don't think I want any music on. I had like a diffuser, you know, I didn't even want to do anything. I was just thinking we have time. I'll wait till it gets really crazy. And I also just had the windows open and I could hear the birds and I just, that was all the stimulation I needed. I was like, okay, I'm just going to listen to these birds. And it still wasn't, I didn't need my eyes closed, but that's where I was mentally that I was starting to get more focused, but still okay. Mm -hmm. If that makes sense. And then, um, I guess... I had been keeping my sister and you posted because you're both an hour from me. So I called you, I think, to tell you that they were, I think, five minutes apart. Mm -hmm. And you had a client, but you said, you'll check back with me in an hour. Mm -hmm. And I did a contraction while I was on the phone with you. And you talked right through it, I think. I I think I stopped and I was breathing. I remember that I was breathing through it. I couldn't talk, but then I just, okay, continued our conversation after I was done. Yeah, and I think I I asked you, do you think, like, I have time or no? Yeah. I yeah, I, you said you'd check back in an hour, yeah. and that seemed fine. Yeah. And so then uh, I know I was texting with Danielle at that point, but what's funny is as soon as I hung up the phone, they became three minutes apart. Oh, man, I wish I would have known that. See, I didn't know that well, either. I, I think I texted you right after after I hung up the phone. I was like, okay, they're three minutes, and you said I'll head over. Oh, okay. And so yeah, you yeah. did come. You yeah. did, like, finish your appointment That's and come. Right. But I think yep. you were planning on just not coming for a while, but you said, I'll just come now. Yeah. Same with my sister. She's yep. like, I'll get there at, uh-huh. you know, I'll leave here at 4. You were leaving at 4.30 or something, and then mm-hmm. Danielle... That's kind of where you come in because you and I had been texting the whole morning. Yeah, I'm looking at our at our messages right now, and it's so funny because at three like three thirty, I checked in and I was like, "Hey, how are you doing?" And you're like, "Oh, I just told Caleb to come home. Um, they're still about seven minutes apart, but some are a little bit closer." <laughs> I said, "Okay, I'm home. Let me know, you know, when you want me to get out, come over. Have you checked in with Julia?" And you're like. Yeah, I'm pretty much sending her all the same updates, so she'll come whenever I need her. (laughs) And now it's at like 3.30. So, it's just, it's so funny to go back and like look at those little like conversations and like put all the pieces together. It's like, it's really fun and it makes it line up in your mind of where you were at and also just funny because I totally, I was really paying close attention to my body. I was by myself for a lot of it because like I said my mom had taken my daughter to the park I was by myself here even when she came home she was kind of helping me tidy up so I was just with you know just one with my baby and you know really Uh listening to what the contractions were 
what positions I needed to get in to deal with them and just doing that on my own and being very internal and intuitive about it. And I just felt like I'm doing fine. And if I'm, if it's serious, I'm going to need help from other people. And that's what Mm -hmm. threw the whole thing off as far as me in denial. Cause I thought I'm going to get to a point where I need other people to help me, but I never felt like that. And you felt like when that happened the first time, there was still hours Mm -hmm. left after you needed people Mm -hmm. to help you. Mm -hmm. So that's what I was waiting for to happen. In your mind, I haven't gotten to that point yet, so there must be a lot of time Mm -hmm. left. Yeah. Yeah. And I just thought it's going to be an intense a lot of time because they were getting stronger and I needed to really breathe through them. Um, But I still was not making noise or anything. I was just focused and it was hard. Maybe it was because you didn't have us here to offer to help you. <laughs> maybe. <laughs> maybe you would have right. wanted or needed the help. Right, maybe. Like, we just walked up behind you and gave you some counter pressure. Yeah. Maybe that was a perception and that's, thing too. That's true. And something else that Sarah mentioned in the birth class too was when somebody's in labor, don't use the thinking part of your brain to help right. them. Mm-hmm. You know, right. don't encourage them out of their primal primitive brain if you want to give them some water don't ask are you thirsty Mm -hmm. just put a cup in front of their face with a straw and I thought that was a good tip just for anyone who's having a baby that have your birth partner know that that just have a plan in advance here's the comfort measures you want and just they do them Mm -hmm. without asking because sometimes that's too much distraction yeah don't ask a laboring woman questions Mm -hmm. yeah it's just not a good idea leaving birth undisturbed is way better Mm mm-hmm than disturbing the mom and pulling her out of her brain mm-hmm. or out of her primal like body. That's really what it feels like. Spot. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. So I guess that's uh, where we were. Uh, Danielle, I guess I told you at that point to come because yeah, I said I that you might as well come. You're so close. You're not doing anything. You I, might as well. I, was like, I can remember saying like, well, I'm ready whenever you are. And then, like, do you have your birth tub set up? And you were like, no, not yet. And I, I like, had it well, I out. I come over and help with that if you want. <laughs> right. I thought, you know, that actually wouldn't be a bad idea. I did take it out of the closet, but I, w- I kept having contractions mm-hmm. closer together. And so I didn't take it out of the package. I just had it in the box. I did get plastic covering the floor. Mm-hmm. And I had towels out, mind you, all in my room. Everything was set up in my room where I was planning on having the baby. So I had mm-hmm. a dresser that had all my birth supplies organized. It wasn't that everything was unorganized. Everything was ready. Oh, yeah. Just not in the right place, turns out. But <laughs> um, So I had everything. The floor was covered. And so I thought it would actually be helpful if you come over and help me finish getting stuff ready. And it turns out Caleb got home pretty quickly after that. And he did take the pool out and started inflating it. But... He needed a different attachment, so he had to go in the garage and find it. So he was kind of back and forth. Um, And then my mom and sister were trying to get Eliza to take a nap, so that was a little distracting that I could hear that she was fighting sleep, and I was like, oh, man, she really needs a nap now and all this stuff. And so they actually decided, my mom said, how about we just go home? We'll come back later. (laughs) We're going to get her a nap in the car. Maybe she'll fall asleep, and then we'll come back later. And so she and my sister decided to go. Caleb's back home. I, I passed them in the driveway too. Right. They were putting her in their in her car seat to take her for a drive to get her to take a nap as I was coming in. That's right. So That's all this was happening. See you in a little bit. And this was for something. Yeah, and it was funny too because at one of your postpartum visits, one of the first ones, I remember Caleb saying to us, Yeah, when I got home, I like tootled around with something in the garage yeah. and was <laughs> trying to fix something or put something away because you know, you didn't really seem like you were that right, active that's in right. labor. Well, lo and behold, so, yeah, here so we th- go. So then he comes in and he's getting things ready. And at that point, I really did. I couldn't even really talk to him. I just was happy to know he was there. That was a big relief for me. Like, okay, he's here. And then as soon as I knew you were there too, that was a big relief. And I, right before you came in, I decided, you know, I kind of have to poop. I'm going to go to the bathroom because... Uh, I want to do that before I'm in too much of in too much discomfort to move from my spot. So I'm going to go to the bathroom and I just as soon as I like sat on the toilet, I was just everything was intense. The contractions were even more intense where I started to have to make noise through them, just like the low moaning and breathing. And I couldn't get in a position that was comfortable before I was able to find positions that were good and helped me. And this was like I just uh the pain was inescapable. And I'm not going to say birth is pain-free because 
a lot of people like to say like, oh, birth can be painless, but I don't think that it just, I mean, it's very intense and it is painful, but just in a different, not very traumatic way, I don't think, or it can be if you have the right mindset, I guess. But I, I wasn't afraid of the pain. It was just, it was really taking over where mm -hmm. that's just, it was really in front of me. And so I was trying to get in different positions and I hear my mother-in-law come in and I hear her talking to, to Danielle saying, where is she? And when Danielle walked into the bathroom, it was like, ah, an angel. Like she came and she helped me, you know, and just was able to take a big relief for me that. The um, surrender. Yeah, it was just now. pressure off uh -huh. that I knew she was here and she knew where I was at in labor too. Because I think you often don't know what point you're at. And yeah. if you have people that are experienced, they can tell, oh, you're doing this. That means you're at this point. Right. Because I, I didn't know where you were at when I walked in. I knew where you at about 30 seconds later. Right. Yeah. <laughs> I was like, oh, yeah, that's where we're at. Right. But yeah. I, I needed that. Yeah. When I left my house, you were seven minutes apart. So uh -huh. when I got here, it was a It had gone story. down to about three. And I, had, I just got my phone out to look at my text messages because I text you when I was mm -hmm. on the road because, like you're saying, it's it's good to get a, a birth worker's perspective. Where is she? Like, mm -hmm. you know, so I said, if you could give me an update on how Kylie is doing, that would be great. You say, okay, just got here. And that was at 4.38, 4.38 again. Like, you said, the you're like, okay, so they're coming pretty quick now. Every two minutes, she's pretty vocal. And then two minutes later, you said last contraction was a bit grunty. <laughs> and I'm like, that was my key for oh, yeah. it yeah. on the highway. That's the, the tell. <laughs> yeah, and then you pick up the phone. and I don't know who called who, but... I, you called her. I think I called you. Because, yeah. Yeah. because, so here's, Danielle comes in, she starts, I said, do you think you could do some counter pressure on my back? I said, I can go, you know, in, on the bed or wherever you need me to go. She said, actually just turn around and sit on the toilet and face the other way. And you put some towels on the head of the toilet. So I was uh -huh. resting my head on them and, um, you were doing counter pressure. And during one of the pushes on my back that you were doing, you said, are you pushing? Cause like you could feel that and I it was grunty. Feel, yeah. And so I said, no, I, I just really think I have to poop. Like that's why I came in the bathroom. <laughs> and you're like, I think it's the baby. And I was like, I, I think it smells like poop. <laughs> because I actually had gone to the bathroom because that's kind of what happens when you have a baby too. Yeah. So it was just, it was this funny exchange. Like the last things we said before the baby was born are so funny. And so that happened. And she's like, I'm going to call Julia. So you come out here to get your phone and the next contraction, there's a pop and my water broke. And something interesting is my water really didn't break with Eliza. Like I had the sack intact for most of the birth. So that was a new experience for me. I was like, oh, well, that's what the water breaking feels like. And I was over the toilet. So that was really convenient. And you came back in and then they really started getting vocal because everything, just the pressure increases so much with that. And you had Julia on the phone at that point. So back to what you were saying, your text exchange, uh, that's yeah, where that so was. Yeah, you <laughs> called me, and I was on speakerphone flying as fast as I could. And I think, did I tell you get a washcloth for counter pressure or something? I don't even know what I said, to be honest. Right. Like Because all I could hear was, this baby's coming out. Mm -hmm. You know, yeah. there's nothing I can do. I'm here for support. If you have a question, ask me. But you like, it I don't even remember our conversation. I don't remember Julia either, saying other than very I much. wanted you to know what was happening. Yeah. And you were like, well, do you want me to stay on the phone with you? And I was like, um, okay. I, yeah. <laughs> and I remember and saying, I, somehow I set the phone next to me and it just slowly got pushed further and further away. Yeah. <laughs> At some point I was like, oh yeah, Julia's right. Phone. Yeah. I remember I said, just put me on speakerphone and just set your phone down. I'll be right here if you need me. <laughs> and at that point, definitely I was getting vocal and with every contraction, it went from making these low moaning sounds to it was grunty. And then it was just a full on like roaring and not out of pain, but just out of like, this is how hard your body's working and pushing and it is painful too but it's just if you were trying to lift a boulder that's the same sound you would make too mm -hmm. and so you're I was just roaring through each one and I also didn't know where Caleb was at that point because that was the point where okay my eyes are closed I'm focused 
and I reached down because I wanted to do counter pressure because I was also scared of tearing, not being in the pool. To me, that was like, oh, no, I'm not in the pool. I need to have something to soothe. And so I could actually feel that the baby's head was coming. Everything was stretching. And I was just like, I can't believe this. <laughs> and so Caleb was around somewhere. He, he was filling the birth tub. <laughs> That's right. And I can remember, like, I just went into this mode of like, okay, we're having the baby in the bathroom. So I went and started getting all your supplies and like bringing them into the bathroom. And then it even occurred to me, I was like, oh, yeah, like he probably wants to be here. And I remember calling out for him. I was like, where is he? Like, we don't have time for that. I'm like, just come in the bathroom. And I could remember him looking at me like, what do you mean we don't have time for this? And I was just like, yeah, just. (laughs) You were so calm (laughs) and collected and quiet about it, too, because I didn't even hear him come in. And I remember yelling for him because I thought he's going to miss it. And his mom came in too, and they were both in the bathroom. And and I, at one point, once I knew he was in there, I was able to just let go of some more fear where I was like, okay, I don't feel like I can do this. You know, they were just so calm too for two, for two family members to like not have their midwife here yet. And just like waltz into the bathroom, like him and his mom were just perfect, like chill as cucumbers. Like, what can we do? I just remember being like, (laughs) Well, and and his mom said the same thing about you. He's like, or she said, you know, Danielle had it together and she was just calm about it and stepped into this mode of let's get this baby out. And it wasn't a fluster. It was really calm. And so she really appreciated that too. Um, But yeah, so he, he was there. He actually had been standing by me longer than I thought. I just didn't see him and he was so quiet. Mm -hmm. And I just said, I don't think I can do this. And he's like, do you want me to hold you? And so he kind of had his arms and helped hold me up a little bit because I was standing at that point, but still leaning on the toilet. And I just had my other hand doing the counter pressure and feeling the head coming and trying to go slowly so that it could stretch naturally. Um, And that's what my midwife did with the first baby is have that counter pressure. And that helped. But it was just everything happening in a matter of moments. Everything at once was so quick and a blur. So it's really helpful to have all the different perspectives to make it more clear. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So you had baby. So yeah, the, there was, there was a, a brief moment though of, I guess Danielle said, we have a face, I think you said, because her face was coming out first. And yeah, then I you said that after the fact, like it was her face. Yeah. That I can remember seeing her lip mm-hmm. like being pulled as her face was. So she. It was a face it presentation. Was a face. Yeah. When Wait. I said it's a face, I, it was a face. Hold on. So you. We haven't talked about this. How have we not talked about this? Wait Probably a minute. It so, just, it's just yeah. all coming okay, together. So you're standing up mm-hmm. and you're kind of leaning over the toilet. Mm-hmm. So you're behind her. Mm-hmm. Yes. So you see. I was sitting on a baby. Baby stool. <laughs> like a little step stool. <laughs> so you see, like, eyes, mouth, like, all of it, like, this coming out first? Not, like, head. This. No, it was not this. It was this. It was, like, this little... <laughs> no way. way. Because you would, <laughs> you would, if it was occiput anterior, you would see the face coming out at mm-hmm. you because the face is mm-hmm. facing her back. Yeah, yeah. And you're looking at her back, but it would still be the progression from the mm-hmm. top of the head down to the eyes, the nose, and mouth, yeah. chin. Mm-hmm. It I was, think that's why I said we have a face. Right. She didn't say we have a head. She said we have a face. Smoke. And also she said we have a cord. And a hand. And a hand. A nuchal hand and a cord and a face. Her hand was like yeah. this. She was like this on her little face You're with her teasing. little hand. No, that's all I do remember. I thought <laughs> that was clear. the fact, too, I was like, well, that was really unique. <laughs> I mean, a face presentation is pretty rare. And for there to be a nuchal hand, too, to get through like that without... I didn't, you, I didn't really I'm think just, about it in the moment, but then, like, after the fact, yeah. like, putting all that together, I was like, yeah. Interesting. Yeah, that was... Well, when you felt down with your hand... You it yourself, didn't feel the same as when Eliza was it born. It didn't feel smooth it, like No, it, it felt, felt squishy, like I could feel her face. Because she said we have a face as soon as I felt it, too. 
and I could feel this little squishy face versus the head, which feels like a wrinkly, like it's still hard, but it's wrinkly because it's squished. No, I'm so it was really different. devastated that I missed it. And I've it's like we don't have pictures, we don't have a video, we don't have anything. We just have this, these bits and pieces that we're all remembering. No. I feel like this is when people tell the tale of the fish that they caught. That was right. Right. <laughs> yes, totally. But... We have memories. <laughs> Probably kind of accurate. Oh my god! So that's happening, and I feel it, and I feel her face, and then Danielle very calmly just slips this cord off because she said we have a cord, and she wasn't alarmed or anything, and I'm not alarmed about that kind of thing either. I know a lot of babies have their cords. Yeah. She was just gentle about it, and she came right through, and then she, uh, at the next push, I could feel her whole body just coming. So quick and just like, I caught her kind of, but you were there with your hands too. And I think you really caught for the most part, would you say? Yeah. Uh, and then you, you passed her through my legs and you and my mother-in-law helped me sit down on the toilet. We had towels right there. I had there. a towel. I had her, she was holding the towel for us. And we were all just laughing and crying. Like what in the world? How did this happen so quickly? And we, we weren't finding out the gender either. So at this point we didn't know what it was, but Danielle said, she's okay. Cause I said, is the baby okay? You said, she's okay. And I said, is it a girl? And you said, actually, I don't know. I'm just saying that. <laughs> and I was saying he, because I just thought it was a boy the whole time I was pregnant too. And so we didn't know. And I told my mother-in-law Debbie to grab her phone. And so she got her phone and she, um, started taking a video so that we could have video of us finding out the gender. So we have this really sweet little video where Caleb's leaning over me, just wiping a tear from his eye. And we can tell we're all crying. And I open up the towel and I'm like, a girl, another girl. <laughs> and so that was so exciting because I just am really happy for them to be sisters and all these emotions happening at once of like the realization, like this is another girl that we're going to have. And just processing so much in this very, very short amount of time, like this happened, it's done. We're done. Uh -huh. <laughs> so that was really awesome. And just to have you there on the line, even though you couldn't see, you were still there hearing everything. And I don't know, how long were you on the phone? I was on the phone until I got here because I remember, yeah, I remember hanging up the phone as I was walking down the steps. Okay. And I got here, what was the time of her birth? 4.56. 4.56. And my ETA was... 530. Was 530. Yeah. Uh -huh. Yep. And I don't think you had delivered the placenta by mm -mm. the time no, I No, because you were helping no. me with that. Mm -hmm. So you were in the bed when right. I found you, and <laughs> <laughs> there was a really red Chucks pad, and I'm like, oh, okay, so let's see what's going on here. You're like, oh, it's cherry juice. It's, cherry. it's not blood. <laughs> it was part of my after snack. Cherry juice. Yeah, yeah. And I had juice and a cookie, and um, I forget the juice, how it ended up down there. I had but. my cup next to me, and I think I just didn't have a lid on it or something, and I bumped it, mm -hmm. and I spilled it on a Chuck's pad at least, but it looked like blood, and it looked very alarming. Mm -hmm. <laughs> but it was just juice. I'm like, we got to get this out of here. It's just <laughs> cherry juice, guys. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and everyone was doing great. I mean, the, the thing that I thought was really funny was Caleb and his mom, they were like on it cleaning. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. The well, whole place was almost already cleaned up by the I'm time. I'm so not used to that. It's no, funny. Either. Like stuff in the washing machine. It's funny because that's both their personality. Like that's where he gets it from is his mom that they're both just super tidy on it. Caleb had the um, whole bathroom cleaned up. But he, he, his, his, like, <laughs> he had the steam mop out. Steam mopping. And I was like, what is happening right now? Uh, well, it was, he said an epic mess in there of fluid and there was so much. There was a huge gush as she was born and he said it was on the walls and he thought, uh -huh. Danielle needs to be with you and make sure you're okay. And he can clean but he can't assess me, so right. he, you know, I mean, made that for sure. sacrifice. <laughs> and Sweetheart. Yeah, so yeah. that was probably not an enjoyable job, but he took care of that, so that was done, and then everyone was able to just relax together, really, yep. right after she was born. And we got your placenta delivered without any issues, mm -hmm. and you were nursing your baby, and you were just over-the-moon happy. Everybody, yeah. like, the room was just so full right. of joy. And my sister did make it only a few minutes after she was born, so she has... Tons of pictures she got um, of the postpartum immediately. Mm -hmm. And that was still very special. And she was able to have that 
coming right into this mm -hmm. fresh birth mm -hmm. and seeing it's normal and natural. And I was really happy to have her there with me and just have the same people that I wanted there as my support, but mm -hmm. just for after. And mm -hmm. it ended up being fine. And I did yeah. the things I thought I couldn't do. And that was the hugest thing for me is like, uh, I was by myself. I was just listening to my body. I was not in a pool and I still was fine. Mm -hmm. And, uh, I don't know. Everything ended up being fine, even though it wasn't the plan. Mm -hmm. It was her own story. Mm -hmm. It worked out, but it's very unique. Now they each have, both of the girls have their own different story and it's memorable for their own reasons. Mm -hmm. So it was cool. Yeah. You did amazing. And I think going back to that fear thing, Whatever you fear or resist typically will persist. And so it's interesting that those are the things that you were afraid of and those are the things that actually manifested. And so you spent all this time putting energy into, I want it to be this certain way and I'm afraid that it's going to be this way. And so then that manifests itself. And mm -hmm. I always try to tell people what you resist persists. But at the end of the day the outcome is still good. Mm -hmm. And so it's natural to do that. But I think having an awareness of that's likely right. to happen if you're putting a lot of energy into thinking about it. Mm -hmm. The other thing I think is interesting to mention, I said to you when you were in bed, how do you feel? And you said, well, you know, women, they have really fast births. A lot of times they say they feel like really traumatized or something. And you said, I don't feel traumatized at all. I feel great. I, I feel wonderful. And we had a, a little conversation about your body integrating and your mind integrating mm -hmm. what just happened because it happened so rapidly mm -hmm. and that that integration may happen later. Right. And you did express, I don't know if it was the first postpartum visit, which would have been like 24, 48 hours after or what visit it was, but you did say, okay, I feel like I need to go back and put the pieces together. Mm -hmm. I am feeling like mm -hmm. a little bit shocked. Right. Yeah. And I still wouldn't say traumatized, but shocked is a good word for it. Just trying to get your head around what happened. And I think a part of it too, is that I didn't have any record. I didn't have photos of this birth. You see these people with their birth videos and they can put in order. Okay. This is what was happening at what time. But for me, I had text messages and, you know, just this, these memories of, I knew what time things started, but you know, what time did I tell Julia to come? And what time was I texting my sister? And when did I tell Caleb to come over? And I'm just replaying the birth in my mind. And you know, when did my contractions start getting more intense and just replaying it and needing to sort it out. And I know I did mention to that to you at the first checkup because you mentioned I really need to rest, but I just felt like I couldn't get much sleep because my mind felt very active mm -hmm. and I wasn't worried. It was just active. And I wanted to tell people a story. I loved telling people the story really right away. And it's like, I needed to keep retelling it so that I could understand what happened. And then by the time we got to the next postpartum visit, I decided to make a timeline to sort of figure out where it was at. And I, I really like to draw and I just thought maybe I'll do little sketches of each milestone in the birth. Like, okay, here's what time it officially started. Two o'clock mm -hmm. ended at four fifty six. <laughs> so <laughs> where was the in between? And so I did some little sketches of what I could remember where I was in the house or what position I was in, even though I don't have pictures of that. It was like, I tried to draw my own <laughs> birth photos and it ended up being that I got really involved in it and I'm not finished with it yet, but it's a, been a good project for me to translate it into something physical where I'm drawing out what I remember and I'm putting it in order and even just having it partially done has made me feel like I can store this away in a file in my mind. Mm -hmm. I don't have to keep replaying it. I can put it away and I can just relax a little bit now. And it's still going to be a process, I think, when you have such a quick experience. But mm -hmm. I think that helped me to not feel overwhelmed by it. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And they're beautiful pictures, by the way. You're a very talented artist. Thank you. And one tool I've heard therapist psychologists talk about is after a traumatic event to write down which again I'm not mm -hmm. saying that your birth was traumatic but it was surprising mm -hmm. that it went that way and had an effect on you and 
they say to write down that event mm -hmm. as soon as possible so that when you process, it's it doesn't feel as surprising or traumatic right. or whatever that sensation that makes is. Sense. And for some reason that, I don't know what the connection, I was listening to a podcast and a psychologist talking about this and the terms they were using were a lot, uh, they were above my, <laughs> my common language. So, you know, but there was a whole integration yeah. process in the brain that they were talking about actually physically writing down things. And I did end up doing that because in order to make my drawings, I made a timeline. I wrote at two o'clock, this was happening at two thirty, this was happening. Mm -hmm. And I wrote a little synopsis, um, of just how I was feeling and who was there and whatever. Mm -hmm. And that really helped. And that was part of it too. Just, and also, um, Sarah mentioned at our checkup that if you do something physical while you tell the story, like tell the birth story while you're taking a walk with someone, talk on the phone and do something physical. So it's like an outlet for it to go somewhere. The feelings that you're having, I thought that was mm -hmm. helpful too, or like to do a stretch <laughs> as you're thinking about it, just something to make a mind body connection mm -hmm. and let it out. Mm -hmm. She said, after you see an animal almost get hit by the car, they run to the side of the road and shake off. She said, mm -hmm. sometimes you need to do something, mm -hmm. but yeah. Um, yeah, yeah, it was, I've learned a lot and it was just, even though it was a different experience than I pictured, I think it was a really good experience and, uh, I'm proud of my body. It, it was like, it did things I didn't know it could do. And again, reaffirmed that this is such a natural thing and it doesn't usually require much intervention, mm -hmm. if any. Mm -hmm. And that was really special. And then just having such a good birth team that was so competent and calming and helpful to me right away was really, yeah, you did a really important job. You really did. Yeah. And Sydney, you didn't get to see the birth, but <laughs> you did get an experience. Yeah, I did. And it was, it was really cool to, see the delivery of the placenta and kind of see like the words from the textbook of usually comes 30 minutes after birth and see that kind of come to life because you and I got there about 30 minutes after baby was born and the placenta was yeah. pretty quick after we got there and mm -hmm. being worried about Kylie on the way but then seeing how strong she was when we got here and how you don't need to be worried about it like she's got it she's mm -hmm. having her baby and she can do it mm -hmm. yeah so yeah and Danielle, you were amazing in stepping into the midwife role. <laughs> you just stepped in, did what needed to be done, and caught a baby, and were amazing. Oh, thanks. <laughs> <laughs> I'm like, oops. Um, oops, no, yeah. you did a great job. That's awesome. Yeah, it was my hero. It was a cool experience. Yeah, I have to admit. <laughs> yeah. Who gets to do that, you know? Yeah. And Aside I, think, from I think what makes it even even cooler is just that, um, you know, Kylie, again, like, just exuded so much confidence in herself and her body, and and uh, it, it was just a real pleasure to work with her and, <laughs> and you, yeah. and uh, yeah, it was, a, it was a, a really great experience to be part of with all of you. Same here. I agree. Yeah. I think there's a lot to be said about having a good birth team. Anybody who's uh -huh. wanting to have a baby or pregnant or anything, just having people around you that will make you feel confident because on your own, you're going to give in to the fears that you have, but you need people to rally around you and mm -hmm. help you see, you know, what you're capable of and then see you through that. That really is what makes it happen. So I think even though you can physically do it on your own, you do need that emotional support from others it is really helpful I, I agree yeah so looks like we're running out of time is there anything else that you want to share I think that we covered it okay Danielle anything you want to share no I don't think so Sydney yes <laughs> just thanking Kylie again for being so excited about being there I'm just excited for you and your journey <laughs> to midwifery. Yeah. That's awesome. I yeah. just, I think that to be part of that is really special. And I was thankful that you were so willing to come help. Mm -hmm. Well, Kylie, a huge thanks to you for sharing your story with the audience. It's an intimate story. It's, it's mm -hmm. a, 
a beautiful moment in your life, and it's a huge honor to sit here with you and kind of relive it and hear it from your perspective, and and thank you so much for sharing it with everyone else. I know that a lot of people are really going to love your story and probably glean a lot of things from it. Well, you're very welcome. It's been awesome. I appreciate you having me on here, and I just definitely want to get the word out to other people that are interested in it and let them know they can do it and... Uh, to have a good support team and get a doula, get a good midwife that you love. Yeah. Yeah. Well, Danielle, thank you for being here. No problem. Thank you. Thanks for the invite. Yeah. Sydney, thank you. And that's all we have for today, everyone. I know you have options of things to listen to and lead busy lives, and I'm grateful that you choose our podcast to listen to. Till next time, everyone. Have a great day. 